everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Nothing But Locks. Happy to have you on this beautiful football Sunday. I'm Ali Melnicki, your host, along with my co-host, Robert Kowalski. How you doing, Robert? Ali, I'm doing excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, I cannot believe I'm writing down week number eight in the NFL already, but here we are. As always, it flies by. I can't I can't think of a season that didn't, but let's waste no time, Robert. Let's go right into the games this weekend. And one of the ones I think everyone was anticipating until we got some uh, Brock Purdy news the other day was the Bengals and the 49ers. Now, Robert, we all know Brock Purdy won't be playing. It looks like it's going to be Sam Darnold. What are we looking at for the odds of this game right now? Yeah, it's a very good point, Ali. As, as we take a look at it, we opened this game up. San Francisco is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. News came out in the middle of the week with the injury. Obviously, it's Sam Darnold, the quarterback. Dropped all the way down to as low as three uh, before settling up to three-and-a-half and now four. Uh, and if you look at it just from a bookmaking perspective, four to five-and-a-half, kind of the same number. Uh, so system <laughs> uh, is this a quarterback system that's in place in San Francisco it doesn't matter if it's Purdy or Darnold that's the one thing that jumped out to me since this is where the number is settled uh for uh the total is now 43 and a half I liked the Bengals at five and a half before the news of Brock Purdy so I as you can tell love them at where they're at now I I'm, I know that some people overreact Purdy getting uh getting injured Sam Darnold we all know his history but this is a Bengals team Robert even before the injury to Purdy that I just saw ascending they had a slow start to the season we know we all know about their start but they've looked good these past few games Joe Burrow looks healthy he looks to be in sync with Jamar Chase I think that the Bengals are about to go hit their stride the 49ers on the other hand dropping two straight not looking good for them this one where I look at, it doesn't matter if it's Brock Purdy. It doesn't matter if it's Sam Darnold. I like the Bengals either way. How about you? Yeah, that's a very good point. Not only that, just I guess from the San Francisco's perspective, Ali, you know, Debo Samuels, he, he's going to be out for a long, long time, right? That coupled with the fact that I'm still not confident that we're going to see Trent Williams on the field, you know, probably the greatest tackle that we could see in the game right now. That's going to equal an awful lot of inefficient drives. I don't think that the cover is going to be in San Francisco's favor. As a matter of fact, there's actually even a very live chance that Cincinnati wins this game outright, I believe. Yeah, I was with you with that again, even before the Brock Purdy injury. I love San Francisco. I really think that they are the best team in the NFC, maybe in the NFL altogether. But every great team does go through its stretches where they do have some injuries, as we're looking at right now with the 49ers. I think, obviously, if McCaffrey doesn't go down and Samuel doesn't go down against the Browns, they end up winning that game. They actually should have won that game. They they just missed the field goal at the end of the game. The Vikings, I really like the Vikings this past week. I just thought they were catching them at the right time. Everyone has their losses. But this is a thing, Robert, where it's kind of like the tale of two teams. You saw everyone was writing Cincinnati off at the first at the beginning of the season. Everyone was praising the 49ers that they haven't missed a beat, that they're destined to go to the NFC Championship game again. And now you kind of see the opposite. Everyone is praising the Bengals for turning it around. And San Francisco could be in real trouble, especially if, like you said, Purdy has to miss significant time. If Debo's going to be out for a while, Christian McCaffrey still looks healthy, but we never know with an oblique injury where that can go from there. So what's your perspective on that? It's it's a long, long season, right? And it's not a question of if a team's going to have significant injuries, but when. 
Right. Uh, and, and it just so happens that here we are, you know, at five and two, San Francisco's got to figure things out. They look fantastic at five and oh. Uh, and and then uh, the when part of the factor, uh, you know, came into play. And so I, I just think that this is going to have to be something that every franchise is going to have to deal with. Still think that San Francisco, if you just look at our future pools, uh, they are one of the top choices, if not the top yet. Yeah, they're tied right now with Philadelphia for tops in the NFC. So despite all of this. Um, a lot's going to be probably spelled out with uh, w- whether or not Darnold's going to be able to control this offense. Uh, you know, obviously in the preseason, they were confident in him, you know, playing obviously when they traded away Trey Lance. Uh, but it's going to be it, this one's going to be very difficult. Uh, Cincinnati is definitely starting to hit their stride and they're not going to you know give up without a really, really tough fight. It just seems like Sam Darnold's recycled goods. I wasn't high on him when he was coming out of USC. I didn't like the fact that he was only a one-year starter. He never looked like he never looked like a franchise quarterback with the Jets. We all know what he did when he went to the Panthers. So, Robert, is is there a reason to believe being with San Francisco is going to be any different? Because, like you said, not having potentially Trent Williams there, he's still going to be vulnerable to get to getting sacked. He doesn't do well under pressure. What do you think of that? And not not only that, but you know all of his other keys are also missing out of his pocket. Right, right. No Trent Williams, no Debo Samuel. So he's got backups on top of backups. Uh, that you know, coupled with the fact that he's not going to have enough time, uh, you know, on on the left side of the ball, he he could face some real real troubles. Uh, and there's really no one else behind him. As a matter of fact, who is his backup? Now that I'm wondering, I'm not even sure. Oh boy, is it? Well, we know it's not Josh Johnson again. From from last year, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It it does it just doesn't seem like he's gonna have as much success as I would say another backup QB has because he just hasn't had success in his career. Now I could be wrong at times. We all know the Geno Smith effect just doesn't isn't good. Then he turns thirty, goes to the Seahawks, and he has a pro ball year. But for me, when I look at Sam Darnold, I just think he can be a deer in headlights at some times. We all remember that Monday night game against the Patriots where he was caught on Audible saying that he was seeing ghosts. He just didn't know what, what he was doing. I think the Bengals are going to take advantage of that. And if I'm looking at the total, I really like the under right here. How about you? Yeah, and actually, that is that is the angle. Obviously, uh, you know, with the number starting at 45 and a half, it, it dipped all the way down without Purdy. And so at 43 and a half, that's kind of where we're going to sit here for the remainder of this Sunday. Uh, I think that the winner of this game comes out somewhere between 21 to 24 points. Um, so if you're looking for a Bengals upset, you probably want to go to the under there as well. All right, let's move on to the home game, and that's the Titans. They are hosting the Falcons this week. Robert, they, the Titans already starting to sell off some parts. We saw that trade earlier in the week. What are the odds here? Obviously, you know, a lot, lot is going to change whenever you deal with a, a quarterback change. And here's, you know, a very prime example. We opened up Atlanta as a one point favorite, uh, kept sailing up and up and up two and a half, three, uh, and it's kind of settled, uh, kind of been back and forth pretty much most of the morning between three and two and a half with some juice. But uh, right now, as we sit at two and a half and the total, boy, wait a second, this is an NFL total regular season. I'm at 35. Isn't that crazy? It, that, but you know what? That doesn't surprise me, Robert, because we've seen time and time since week one of the NFL, the Falcons just can't score with Desmond Ritter as their quarterback. 
look at last week. He was running. He should have had a, a, a rushing touchdown. He gets the ball stripped at him for a touchback. I, this kid can't be their quarterback next year if they want to do anything in the playoffs. He's not the answer. He doesn't show me anything on offense that show that can prove he's going to be a franchise guy. I think that the Falcons Falcons are lost every time they have to put him on the field. And that's why I'm picking the Titans this week. Say what you want about the Titans. And I know that Ryan Tannehill is probably not playing and we're going to see Will Levis, maybe Malik Willis. But there's always a sense when there's that rookie quarterback that starts that the team rallies around him. And while not, I'm not the biggest Will Levis fan, I think he can do enough to keep like game management wise to keep them in this game, keep it low scoring. I expect a lot out of Derrick Henry. I think he's going to have an explosive game. I actually would still side with the under, even though it's only at 30, what, 35 and a half, because I just don't see any of these teams getting more than 13, 14, 17 points. So I'm going to go with the under and I think the Titans cover. How about you? Yeah, this this one's really tough for me to break down. Anytime you have to deal with uh, a, a new QB, Will Levis is going to start this one, right? And and so what we're looking at is uh, a, a real uphill battle because not only is he going to have to go and really start to factor in the, the A playbook right out of the box at home against a very, very tough, stout Atlanta defense, uh, you know, but also we have, you know, new secondary, um, uh, Kevon Wallace is basically, you know, ready to start for for Tennessee. So we're looking at a whole lot of new for Tennessee. Maybe that's <laughs> what yeah. we all want to see here. A little bit of new here when the record is two and four. Uh, but it, there's there's an awful lot to be said about whether or not Derrick Henry has, uh, dare I say, and maybe he's already peaked. Um, if he gets what we expect to be, you know, the seventy five uh, percent of the snaps. It could be a, a a really, really ugly day uh, one way or another. I think, honestly, if, if Tennessee does have to rely heavily on the running game, same thing with Atlanta. That's an awful lot of clock being eaten up. Yep. No wonder that totals 35. So who's your final pick for that one? <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to take Tennessee here at home as well. Uh, catching the two and a half, there was a three out there. Obviously, to me, it doesn't matter because I actually think that Tennessee on the money line is a selection here as well. I agree. And Mike Vrabel is very good coming off of the bye. He's also the superior coach. I never discount that when it comes to matchups. So I'm going to take the home team as well. I do think that they pull off the upset, but to be safe, take the two and a half. And if you really want my my honest opinion, I think this does go under, even though that it looks like this is a college team total prop. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. And then Robert and I will be back with some more games to highlight. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. We just got done analyzing the Bengals and the 49ers, the Falcons and the Titans. And not no surprise here, I got to throw my Giants into the next one. Giants, Jets this weekend, Robert, the little brother against the big brother. What do we got here? New York, New York, exactly. We opened up the Jets as a three-point favorite. Never really moved. A lot of juice has been, you know, danced up and down that number. But still, the Jets a three-point favorite. The total, again, another really low one, 35 and a half. Oof. I love my Giants right here. I know that Daniel Jones is still out. Tyrod Taylor has looked very good in the two games that he has filled in for them. I don't want to hear it that he's a better quarterback than Jones. Let's not forget that Jones, before Tyrod started, did not have Saquon in the backfield while he was out. Did not have Justin Pugh, who has done a really good job since as he said it, coming off the couch. But I like the Giants here in this situation. I'll tell you why. 
it just seems now the met that you so after the Bills game, I thought that even though they lost, I thought that was a good loss for them because they should have won. They should have pulled off the upset. There was that pass interference, no call at the end of the game. But that momentum carried with them next week. And they should have easily won against the Commanders 21-24 to nothing. But we saw a missed field goal. Saquon fumbled in the red zone. Otherwise, they totally outplayed the Commanders. Here's the biggest difference. The defense, Robert, finally looks like the defense we saw last year in these past two games. They're not missing tackles. They're getting to the quarterback. And what what does what do you need to do with the Jets? Pressure Zach Wilson, cause him to make a mistake, force a turnover. If we can do that, if we can win the turnover game, not only do I think we cover the three points, Robert, but I think we win this game outright. And we do have momentum in our favor. So I'm going to go with my G-men right here. How about you? I think that this is a a very, very <laughs> – this could be the end of the season for one team or another, despite the Jets somehow being at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, look, the Giants, you know, two and five, you actually kind of mapped out a way for them to still reach 500. And I can actually still see it. You know, it, it, what the problem is going to be is having to deal with a, a Jets defense that's honestly one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the Giants have had success in the last two or three games moving the ball without Daniel Jones, which is uh, uh, definitely a testament to showing how good – Saquon Barkley is getting back up into his full speed. He's almost, I want to say, if this isn't the week that he's 100%, then he's certainly 90. Uh, But obviously, if we would take a look at it from the Jets' perspective, they're the ones that I think have gotten even healthier, far more than the New York Giants. Brees Hall, he is 100%. And he is magnificently fast. This could honestly be, you know, just one of those games where we just take a look and watch you know, who's going to outperform the other from the running game uh, and, and who's going to be able to stop it. Uh, efficiency, right? So efficiency is going to probably end up being the factor here. That's kind of why the line is three. Who's going to make the least amount of mistakes is going to get this victory. <laughs> I yeah. think there's going to be quite a few mistakes in this game, but there, there will be right. So the question is who will be the least worst of in New York and it, uh, that that's kind of probably why that total is so low as well. It, we're going to see some inefficient play one point or another. Uh, the question is who's going to be able to keep it tighter. I have a feeling that the giants probably will keep this one closer. Uh, I mean, look, it's a home game for both of them. Uh, well, we all know. Who's, we all know that there's going to be more blue in the crowd. Than- <laughs> there is. Yes, there is. I'll take the, uh, I'll take the uh, home plus points i guess the giants then plus the three all right let's move on to the chiefs and broncos the chiefs have just owned the broncos i think they are something like 11-5 against the spread and against their in the last 16 games i think robert actually the chiefs have a 16 game win streak over him but wanted to talk about this one anyway what do we got for the odds here and this one uh, opened up a little bit more than a touchdown as a matter of fact i opened it up almost nine uh, before crossing that number out. We opened up Kansas City eight and a half at Zen Sports. It's now seven, a solid seven in the total 47 alley. There's just, and I know I always say that the trends are meant to be broken, but I'm not about to try to break this one right now. I think that the Chiefs are just so good and the Broncos are so bad. I know that the Broncos kept it pretty close in that Thursday night game, but if you watch that game, Robert, 
the Chiefs just did not look motivated. They they were playing on a short week. They knew they were going to win. They did the the bare minimum they had to do to win, and they still covered the spread. I think the spread was like eight and a half, and they still covered it. So in this one, there's not much else to say except you're looking at the best team in the division against what I would say is the worst team in the division, maybe one of the worst teams in the entire National Football League. I I got to go with the Chiefs. I, there's nothing that could compel me to take the Broncos. I don't have one argument that would support my case. What are you taking? I don't really uh, just openly say, yes, I want to go ahead and lay points. Uh, this is actually one of them here, and, and here's why. Uh, it's Kansas City doing, you know, Chiefs things once again, uh, finding wide receivers and, and turning them, you know, from what was supposed to be expected as, you know, a, a par wide receiver into a star. Um, Rashi Rice, I'm looking at you. Uh, the, all he does is catch touchdowns now all of a sudden. Uh, and welcome back, McColl, uh Hardman, he was pretty much, you know, taken from the New York Jets, who we just talked about for really not much at all. I don't even think there was much of a draft pick compensation on that. So uh, they are getting deeper, uh, which is definitely playing into the system that Kansas City wants to, you know, have as many targets as humanly possible. Kelsey, of course, is still there. Uh, and really, really becoming into an explosive force is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's another one that I think he scored four touchdowns in like the last five games, if not even more. Lots of weapons. No surprises there for Kansas City. I think Denver is going to have their hands way, way too full. Uh, double digit win victory here for me in Kansas City. Yeah, it is interesting, Robert, because. Kansas City, yes, they have Travis Kelsey, but they still don't have a bona fide receiving core. Like, what are you no. seeing this year? Is is it just Pat Mahomes and and the system? Are they just that good? Like, what's different about this Kansas City team? Yeah, no, they they are. They what they've done is they've taken the uh, stretch to field out uh, playbook uh, and continue to do that. But this is going to definitely be the year of Travis Kelsey. If he didn't really miss time. I think he'd be right up there with the league leaders and touchdowns uh, oh, yeah. you know, on the season right now. That being said, I, I think we could probably mark him down for a touchdown, anytime touchdown scored pretty much the rest of this regular season because no one seems to be able to be stopping him. Well, as long as Taylor Swift's in the stands, right? <laughs> as long as she's still in the stands. Oh, boy. I mean, listen, I, yes, I like a few Taylor songs, but it's getting a little too much seeing her. Like if, if I have a Chiefs game, I was watching NFL Red Zone and I saw more Taylor Swift on NFL Red Zone than I saw regular plays in the afternoon games last week. Like that, that <laughs> is just getting a little ridiculous. That is. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, Andy Reid against Sean Payton. I always thought Sean Payton was a little overrated, but yeah, there's listen, I'd rather be wrong taking the laying the points with the Chiefs than trying to trust the Broncos again against them. So, all right, we're going to take another quick break. And then when we get back, Robert and I have two more games to dissect, and then we're going to get into our rapid fire round. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Nothing But Locks. Robert, Rams-Cowboys this weekend. I'm actually very excited about this game because I think I, the Rams will beat the Cowboys. But we'll I get was, I was going to say somehow I don't see you laying points here with Dallas uh, in any instance right here. And uh, we'll probably side right from the very top together on it. Dallas Cowboys opened up five and a half. It's moved up. Uh, here we are Sunday morning, six and a half point favorites, a total of 45 and a half. Here's what people don't understand about the Cowboys. It, they have not, at their record right now, 
they have not beat a team that is above 500. They have beat the Giants. And yes, I will say my Giants were pretty bad to start the season. And they have beaten the Jets without Aaron Rodgers. They All of their wins have been, Robert, against sub-500 teams. Well, 500 te- well, Jets were, are 3-3 three and three right now. But the Cowboys are one of the most overrated teams, I think, in the league. And I actually think the Rams are a very underrated squad. The Rams' offense is something to really watch out for against the Cowboys' defense. Because people forget, outside of Micah Parsons, I really don't see that playmaker. Trayvon Diggs is out for the season. That really is going to hurt their secondary. Now you have Cooper Cup and Puka going at you. I think this is a great opportunity for the Rams to put a lot of points on the board. I know the Rams' defense isn't great, but you still have Aaron Donald that can get in, that could cause Dak Prescott some headaches. And we all know Prescott's injury prone. Robert, not only am I going to take the points with the Rams, I'm calling the upset right here. How about you? <laughs> I know it. I know right. it. I know it. I know it. I, I kind of saw this when I said, I, I, I don't think that we're going to see uh, Ali laying points here with Dallas at home. Look, you're right. Uh, you know, Diggs is out for the season and, you know, we're not seeing really that much of a, uh, a defensive front uh, from Dallas pretty much the entire season. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, the Rams have maybe the, I don't know, we could go ahead and kind of take a look at it later, but I'm wondering if uh, Nakua and Cooper Cup together are becoming one of the best one-two duos in the league from wide receiver. Yeah. Yep. Kieran Williams is out. You know, he's he's probably going to miss the vast majority of games leading all the way up into Thanksgiving. However, the running attack is really not one that they have been employed with since he's been out. They've still been very successful playing. And so at plus six and a half, uh, a three and four team that's going into Dallas, knowing that this is going to be a, a very, very meaningful game in their race to make a wild card spot. At the very least, I think they keep it inside of a touchdown. I'm going to go side with you. I don't know if they're going to win it outright, uh, but plus six, plus six and a half, actually, at Zen Sports, uh, that definitely seems far more palatable. And I've talked to some people about this, and a lot of people stress the fact that you know, they lost the Steelers last week. The Steelers are another team you can't just overlook. The Steelers are a very well-run squad. They just got Deontay Johnson back. Kenny Pickett's looking better. They have a very good defense. Don't underestimate Pittsburgh. The And if you look at that game, the Rams actually out, outplayed Pittsburgh, but they made a few errors that caused them to, to some turnovers and everything. But I really like the Rams here. And I think the Rams are a team that, especially now, if you look at San Francisco and their injuries, I think you have to really take a look at the Rams. There, Robert, if they beat the Cowboys, there's a good shot that their their buyers come the trade market. I know they don't have a lot of draft picks in the coming years, but what do you think about that? That's something I always started to wonder, and I actually had a couple of discussions with my colleagues over the past week. Is just how many moves we could probably see from key positions, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. Um, I kind of set the number a little low. I thought that we wouldn't see many, so I set it at two and a half transactions. Um, they jumped on the over. So I'm probably thinking you're right. We're going to probably see some teams get bolstered. Uh, draft picks are a very, very easy commodity to trade. And you're looking to make yourself uh, into something far more and make a playoff push. You're absolutely right, Allie. Uh, heck, Rams and Cowboys probably could be players come trading deadline time. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. All right, let's move on to the next game. I just mentioned the Steelers. So let's go to the Jaguars and the Steelers, Robert. What about the odds for this one? Yeah, this one is actually a game where 
I really wasn't going to have uh, a real comfort setting the number. So a, a lot of my colleagues wanted to open up Jacksonville uh, as one and a half points the better. Um, I thought that if we went a little higher, we wouldn't get any pushbacks. So we opened it up at three. Uh, got bet down to two and a half. That's actually where we're at this Sunday morning. Jacksonville, two and a half, the total 41. All right. So this one, I just mentioned how I thought the Steelers are very underrated. I love the Steelers right here. I, I, I love them always when they're at home. I think I still think Jacksonville is a little is not as good as their record. I think that they got away away easy with their with their win against the Saints last week. I think the Saints should have won that Thursday night game. We all know what they did in London, catching the Bills. They The Jacksonville Jaguars had the advantage. They were in London the week before. I really like the Steelers to win outright right here. I mentioned how I like their offense. Kenny Pickett's coming around. Deonta Johnson. George Pickens, Robert. He has just come out of nowhere. Well, he, he had flashes last year, but he's really establishing himself as one of the key players in the league. And then you look at the defense where you got TJ Watt, who is phenomenal, probably one of your best defensive linemen in the game. I just think that the Steelers have so much more to offer than the Jacksonville Jaguars do. Yes, you could give Trevor Lawrence the edge over Kenny, uh, over Kenny Pickett. I will give you that. Like Trevor Travis Etienne has been amazing on the running game. But in terms of – I, I still haven't seen the Jaguars play that explosive defense. If you look at the Bills game when they played in London, the Bills had significant injuries to their defense that game. That was a big That was a big reason, too, why the Bills have been slipping lately. I think that this is going to be a tough situation for Jacksonville, and I think that the Steelers emerge victorious. What's your take on this one? I, I really wanted to have a look and see if I could play a little bit of an advocate for the Steelers here as well. Uh, and then I looked at the injury report earlier in the week. Actually, it came out on Thursday. Zay Jones is definitely not playing. He was downgraded to out back on uh, on Thursday with a knee injury. Uh, but at the same time, uh, on, on the Steelers' side, Deontay Johnson, who they've been waiting for all year, he pulled a hamstring. So he's questionable now for the game coming up in a little bit. Um, Agunjobi, he's questionable. So there's some injuries on Pittsburgh's side that are far more concerning than uh, the ones that we'd probably be looking at over on the Jacksonville side. Look, at the start of the year, I said the Jacksonville Jaguars as the division winners. They were the favorite. Somehow, we're looking at a matchup of Jacksonville at 5-2. and two. Pittsburgh Steelers are 4-2. and two. They are probably, um, maybe in a handful, maybe in three other teams that I could think of, very, very overachieving season so far at 4-2. and two. Uh, Houston Texans, you two, I'll, we'll get to them in the rapid fire. But the... Uh, the, the matchup here screams that Jacksonville gets this, especially now that it's not a field goal favorite. I'm actually going to take the favorite here on the road. Jacksonville gets the cover here. What is it that you see about Jacksonville, Robert? Do you do you see them as a top five team in the AFC? What's your take on them? Top five in the AFC. Can we say top six? No, we can't. You just asked me top five. <laughs> no, uh, I would probably think that they are just on the outside looking in. Uh, obviously, you know, we would probably look towards Miami. I think uh, Cincinnati has to be there. Kansas City, Baltimore. Buffalo. Uh, still. Yeah. So they're, look, they're very close. Uh, they, they put together a, a great core. Uh, I just honestly think that with 
where they're going to be going. The, they obviously have great pieces in place. Trevor Lawrence, of course, is their quarterback. They they have a quarterback, right? A lot of teams are like to ask that question and say, yes, well, Jacksonville can say this. And Travis Etienne has absolutely really started to redefine their offense. He's someone that you could rely on. Definitely know that he could be there for 75%, maybe even 80% of the snaps offensively. Great, great weapon. Can catch the ball from the backfield. Can carry it 20 times if you need to. That's actually why I still think that Jacksonville is definitely the favorite to win their division and more. Yeah, I agree with you on there. I mean, I think the Texans can make a run. <laughs> the Texans, Robert, have looked good in that division. Don't don't lie to me on that one. <laughs> and I must I say, when run. Anthony Richardson went down for the season, I said, ooh, I'm going to get a case of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wish injuries on anyone, but that, that did that did help my chances of uh, – of winning a nice case of wine. All right. Well, we're going to take another break and then we'll be back with our rapid fire round. Stay tuned, everyone. Welcome back everyone to nothing but locks. Robert waste no time right here. Rapid fire round. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. Eagles commanders. What do we got? All right. This one is the Eagles as a seven point favorite this morning, the total 43. Ooh. So this is, this is a game I really went back and forth with because I, I haven't thought highly of the commander's, all year. I did take them to cover against Philly a few weeks ago when they did almost win that game. I I took the Bears to upset them, which they did. I obviously took the Giants last week. There's something about when the Commanders face the Eagles in recent years, Robert, that they just seem to give them a little bit of trouble. They were the ones that were responsible for the Eagles' first loss last year. We saw them play close this year. I know Sam Howell looked awful against the Giants last week with all the sacks he took. He should have had a pick six, but Kayvon Thibodeau dropped it. I really went back and forth with this one, and I decided to settle with the commanders again. Just being at home, I think the Eagles are going to be coming off of that. They might fall flat coming off of that big win against the Dolphins. I think that the Eagles do enough to win, but the commanders, I think, fight enough, and they stay within the six points. How about you? This one, actually, I had circled as a don't think too much about it. This one's definitely going to come home pretty darn easily. Six and one, we look like obviously we know Philadelphia had that hiccup on the season. I don't want to go ahead and henpeck on an, on a franchise that's absolutely has one of the top offenses in the league, one of the best defenses in the league as well. I think the Eagles get this win and the cover. I think actually we could probably even look at them as a double digit winner here. All right, Texans and Panthers. What do we got here, Robert? Yeah, I keep thinking about that box of wine. All right, fine. Houston <laughs> Texans, three and a half now, then total 43 and a half at the 0-6 Carolina Panthers. This might surprise you, but I'm going to take the Panthers with the points. I think the Texans win, but I think it's going to be a field goal game. I don't think Bryce Young has looked good at all this year. The Panthers are playing at home. C.J. Stroud really looks like the real deal for the Texans, but this is just one of those games where you think the spread might be a little too much in favor of in favor of the favorite. But I'm going to take the home underdog here. I think it's a field goal game. Panthers stay close and end up covering. How about you? Yeah, that's actually the whole factor here for me. That three and a half is the one that made a jump out. Yep, zero and six could probably see them becoming zero and seven. But uh, you know, take, give me a field goal at home. Uh, I'd have to back any franchise as well. All right, Vikings, Packers, what do we got here, Robert? So this one flipped during the week. We had the Green Bay Packers as a one-point favorite. This morning, Minnesota is the one-and-a-half-point favorite, the total 41-and-a-half. Oh, 
one of my things, Robert, is I never bet against the Monday Night Football winner. That's always been one of my like betting, betting. I don't know if you want to call it superstitions or techniques, what, but I always bet against them. And I'm going to do it right here again. The Vikings are playing on a short week. That was a very emotional upset against the San Francisco 49ers. I just think they fall flat against the Packers at home. I haven't been too impressed with Jordan Love, but the Packers, I think they, they always do play better at home. I think they're going to rely on the run game, especially if Aaron Jones does play today. So I'm going to go with the Packers here. How about you? Yeah, it's weird. You would think that, you know, with the injuries that have been coming across, things would make a little bit more of a difference on Green Bay side. They are the home here. Uh, Asamo is definitely out. Uh, He's a key linebacker, of course, on Minnesota. Uh, Davenport, he's also out. So that is probably going to play in. Uh, you know, if if Green Bay could take advantage of it, how would they take advantage of it? Well, you got two fabulous running backs, so you could just keep stuffing it over and over again. Um, Green Bay's got to get this victory. I'm going to go with you here. I think Green Bay picks up the win. All right, Saints, Colts, what do we got? New Orleans Saints and the Colts, another game that flipped. Uh, Colts were the one-point favorite this morning. The Saints, a one-point favorite, the total 43 and a half. Unfortunately, I'm back in California, so I can't bet. But this is one of the games when I saw the opening lines, I would have jumped right on the Saints because I would have predicted that the that the spread would flip. I, I love the Saints right here, even though that they're favorites now. I really think they bounce back again after losing to the Jaguars. They actually should have won that game. They still, despite giving up that many points, boast a top defense in this league. What have we seen from Gardner Minshew in the past few weeks since he took over from Anthony Richardson? He can make turnovers like crazy. I think that they forced Gardner Minshew to make turnovers, and I think they win this game actually pretty comfortably. How about you, Robert? Eh, this one's going to be pretty easy. Uh, obviously, I'm taking the Colts here for uh, very, very selfish reasons. Three and four record. I got to keep up just in case the Houston Texans pick up the victory here as well this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and back the Indianapolis Colts as a one-point dog at home. <laughs> All right, Patriots, Dolphins, Robert, what do we got? The New England Patriots visit Miami. This game cannot get any higher. Uh, the Dolphins, nine and a half. It did hit 10 for a hot second this morning, uh, but nine and a half right now, the favorite total 47. Oof, this is another game. Well, I feel better that Tyreek Hill is playing. Yes. This is a lot of points to lay between two division rivals. I know the Patriots are just coming off of a big win against the Bills. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins this week, Robert. I just don't see how the Patriots are going to be able to keep up with Miami scoring. If you look at the Bills, their two best defensive players, Matt Milano and Tredarius White, are out for the year. There's a lot to be said about those two players not playing. And, and you know, their defense is just not the same. I think that Miami bounces back from losing to the Eagles. I think they run up the score, and I think they easily win by double digits. How about you? Yeah, that's exactly the point. I had the Miami Dolphins probably reeling in somewhere between 31 and 35 points pretty easily. I don't think that New England's going to probably be able to keep up with that number. The question is the cover, right? So 10 points. I think New England could get to 21. That's probably not going to be enough. So I think Miami gets the double-digit win and the cover. All right. What about let's go with the Browns and the Seahawks, Robert? So this one also was a uh, line that was on the move pretty much the entire week. Seahawks opened two. Uh, moved up to three, three and a half, and now four this morning with a total 37 and a half. I, I, even though it's the backup quarterback, I'm going with the Browns. I just am not buying the Seahawks. I still love the Browns defense. I think they're going to do enough to win. So I, I'm going to take the Browns with the points here. How about you, Robert? 
So I looked at the game very closely with Cleveland last week playing Indianapolis, and they did pick up that win with an awful lot of help. <laughs> if anyone wants to go back and watch the tape, uh, a couple of pass interferences there at the very end and some really odd placements of the ball uh, for first downs. They got that victory uh, through uh, uh, divine intervention. Uh, I think Seattle at home, definitely far more formidable. I think Seattle gets the win in the cover. All right. What about the Ravens and the Cardinals, Robert? No, the Baltimore Ravens are very quickly putting together an incredible season once again at five and two. Visiting Arizona at one and six, they are also almost a double digit favor. We are at nine and a half in the total 45. This is a game where I just think the Ravens are going to fall flat. I, I think they're going to still win, but I think the Cardinals are going to do enough to cover. That was a big win for them against the Lions, a big emotional win. I'm just going to take the Cardinals with the points. I really have no other explanation except that. How about you, Robert? I think that the defense is going to have one of their best days of the entire season for Baltimore. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think Arizona can crack double digits. I think Baltimore wins this one in a route. All right. Bears and Chargers, Robert. What do we got? (laughs) The Chargers, eight and a half points better. The totals 46 and a half, Ellie. I picked the Bears to beat the Raiders last week. I am not going to pick them this week. The Chargers are a very underrated team, despite what their record says. I still think they have so much offensive power. I think that they're going to blow this game out. Yes, Tyson Maggett had a nice, Maggett had a nice game last week against the Raiders. He was efficient, but that's not going to translate here. We all know what the Raiders are. We know what the the Chargers are capable of being. I'm going to lay the points with the Chargers. How about you, Robert? It's so odd, right? I feel so weird wanting to, you know, have a team cover eight and a half, uh, basically win by double digits when they are two and four. However, I really think Chicago had their best game of their entire season against the Raiders, of course. So uh, Chargers at home, I think, will definitely, definitely feast on the Bears defensively. And I think that they'll definitely get the double digit win. Last one, Robert, Monday night game, Raiders and Lions. What do you got? Lots of question marks for the quarterback for the Raiders. Who's going to be O'Connell? Is it going to be Garoppolo? Really not going to probably know until late tomorrow afternoon. So with that said, the Lions, eight points better, the total 46. I love backing good teams coming off of embarrassing blowouts, and that's what the Lions are here. I think they're going to come out roaring, no pun intended. I think they drive up the score early, and I think that they're going to cruise to victory and cover the spread here. What about you, Robert? Yeah, sometimes you just got to swallow that big old piece of chalk and then Definitely see see it happening here again. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is for the Raiders. They're probably not going to be able to keep up with what the Lions are going to do. I figure they'll probably come in somewhere between 28, 34 points. That's going to definitely be enough for a double-digit win as well. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, everyone. I hope you all enjoy your football Sunday. And before we go, Robert, any last thoughts? Of course, find all this and so many more other props right here on our app, zensports.com. All right. Happy Sunday, everyone. Take care.